On this episode, we talk about the rush of planning out your day with a very limited amount of time, as well as the insane depth and options this game has to offer. And we end with a true Stardew Valley love story. On to the intros. It took me a long time of brushing off Stardew Valley as something I would enjoy. I'm glad I decided to play it co-op with my lady. What I found is a game that opens up the more you play it and gives me some of those same feelings of playing a game from my childhood when discovering an obscure secret. Wonderful little character moments, entire hidden areas, and lengthy endgame options. This charming game about being a farmer has a lot hidden within. It will eat your time, but it's worth it. Like Linus, my taste in games can be trash sometimes. Stardew Valley is an incredible game. You can see, feel, and hear the allure, but the valley's hooks never sunk in for this brother. Perhaps an honest day's work is not appealing to me, or maybe it's something else. Whatever it is, we're gonna have to talk about it, Mike. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? If there is a valley full of stardew, I don't know what that would look like, but my name is Michael. <laughs> I, okay, that was a strange one. I do want to say real quick, I am Larry. I do feel like this is slightly a hostage situation that's happening right now. Your fiance is listening to this episode and she absolutely adores this game. <laughs> I know I don't like it as much as her, if the intro didn't tell you. I don't so. think anybody likes it as much as her. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if uh, suddenly I disappear, it's her fault. <laughs> you know where to find them. You know where to look. But what would, if a star actually created do, what would it look like? I don't, I don't I mean, know. It's, it's, it would be impossible. Star would just melt everything. Yeah, exactly. See? That's why I can't picture it. So one thing I noticed about your intro is you did say it's an incredible game that is not for you. And that is so adult of you to be able to realize <laughs> that. <laughs> I guess the way everything about this just feels like not only is it comforting and cozy and simple on its core. You, you know what it is? I think the perfect way to say it. It has what I appreciate in games. It feels like it is very easy to get into, but very hard to master. There is a lot of levels to this game, and I appreciate how much complexity there is, and yet it comes off as being simple. That's a hard thing to do in a game. Yeah. And literally everywhere I went, I was like, man, I adore this game. I Everything I saw, I enjoyed, I liked it. I but feel it's like just all can... the mechanics. <laughs> gotcha. So the, the actual genre of this game... I'm not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this game just, like, it screams labor of love. You can just feel it. Like It's almost like just it only had one mind working on it or something. <laughs> what do you know? Good job, Concerned Abe. But I do agree. Like, everything just fits a mood. This game has that in spades. It just they, When people call this a cozy game, I can see why. Especially, when, I don't know how far you got into the seasons. Did you make it through? So, yeah. So, I, I got through... I. Played in total. My, my total playtime is a little wonky because I played on both Xbox. The majority of my time was actually on Steam. So I ended up putting nine hours and 25 minutes in Steam. And I have three hours and 45 minutes on Xbox. But that's mainly my daughter. Oh, okay, gotcha. Did, did you see all four seasons? I saw all four seasons. Yes. Dude, when you get to fall. No, okay. Well, no, let's just get right into it. Like that right there. Fall is just my favorite season period anyways. Good man. That's a good man. But my goodness, does this game do fall right? It's so 
pleasant, right? You see the leaves blowing. Yeah. You got the pumpkins. Everything is that brownish gold color. Mm. It's so funny because we are, as recording this, we're slowly, I mean, technically it's spring, but we're getting closer to spring weather. And yet this game kind of just made me want to skip summer and go to fall. (laughs) I don't want to actually, but this game does the fall season so well. And I feel like it does, everything feels distinctly different between spring summer fall winter like er, there's different activities to do there's different like everything changes Mm. which is uh it's nice to see because it reflects if you're in the midwest or something like that you're gonna see all these seasons everything seems familiar to you okay oh you did you did say you spent a bunch of time on this that again you're just i just want to say i've been wanting to know this number for a long time so (laughs) how much time did you put in this game now i have to press preface it something because you made a good point that this game isn't for you, and I think for some bit it's not for me either, but I played it entirely co-op, and I wonder if that helped me a lot. I will say one of the advantages I feel of our podcast is we have such differing views on a lot of games. This season we have aligned a lot, but this is a prime example of you're going to get two different perspectives. You legitimately played the whole thing co-op. I never played it cooperatively. I watched my daughter play it. This is two games this season. Elden Ring with my buddy yeah. Ben and, uh, and Stardew Valley with my fiance. So I spent 206 hours and 45 minutes on Stardew Valley. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the wild part is she is also has her own file of like 300 plus hours on Stardew Valley. So she has gotten a lot of Stardew Valley time. So the one that has over 300 hours, is that with your guys' playtime, or is that... No. That's so she's right. got over 500 hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She, she, she loves this game. She loves this game. That is for sure. So we played two different farms. So it took us, uh, I think, 164 hours to 100% complete it. So we did every mission, got did every challenge, did... Oh, gosh. We unlocked every area. Got Do all you the know gold what the how long to beat is? Because so, I'm curious. Out. So you have 164 hours, and I'm curious what pace you guys kept. So if I'm just looking at it from the search page, so that means it aggregates all averages. Completionist, it says 158 hours. Oh, so, I mean, you guys were not that far off at all. No, we're not. Now, obviously, that's an ag- like I said, average. So you could probably do it much quicker and probably take a lot more time. Yeah, okay, so... I guess my interest is because I'm I was genuinely shocked that this was a game that you connected with because this is me too. No. Yeah. I know you enough now that I was not expecting that reaction from you. So my question is, when you first loaded the game up, what was the game plan? Like, what did you do? I'm more interested in almost every question you sent me. I just kind of want to throw it because I know what I did. What I spent for my majority of time was I, I just I hate clutter. I immediately spent, I think, my first three days. I never even freaking went into town. (laughs) I just spent all the time cleaning everything up, making sure it was completely good. And then I started alternating. Okay, I wanted to try and efficiently lay my stuff, water it down. And I'd go into town, and for some reason, potatoes were my one that I would just... I kept. I was like, I want potatoes. I want lots of potatoes. And then my daughter's like, we can make fries out of those, just jokingly. So I was like, okay, we'll keep doing that. And... That was kind of my game plan is that's how I met a lot of the different characters was just I had, would go in and buy something. And before I have my larger question I want to ask, what was your initial game plan? Marveling at the music. Dude, that startup music <laughs> is so good. Yeah, I feel like that is something people sleep to. Oh my gosh, like that just the the did birds he, did going Did the creator by? make the music too? Yeah. Wow. I don't know, just super talented. Incredible. 
before I get into that, Stardew Valley was developed and published by Concerned Ape, which is an awesome name, by the way, on February 26, 2016. This game was initially going to be called Sprout Valley, and it's so crazy how a simple change of a name really, like Stardew Valley sounds so much better than Sprout Valley. It's insane. Obviously, you you wouldn't know that, you wouldn't know that, but yeah, it's more comforting. Stars, always good. But to answer your question, Larry. And dew's just like a little moist. Moisty dews, stars burning dews. Everyone hates that word. <laughs> Moist. <laughs> Had to find a way to say something negative. So, uh, before we even get into that, I think the beginning of the game is really cool. Like your your grandpa's dying. Mm. I mean, that's not cool, but you know what? I mean? <laughs> but you're you're starting at this office, and you can just feel it. You like, know, you know, it's a little strange though that like you, the, your grandpa just leaves you this farm. Really, no like prospects of like what to do with it. it it's completely in ruins. There's no like thank you letter or you know hey it just it just feels like here you go <laughs> but but that's what I like about it because he's like I'm just gonna I'm just give talking you about to the, it. I'm just talking about the grandpa's like come on you could have done a little work to help us out no he wants us to find it himself so you, you're bored to death in your office job so you're like you know what I'm gonna finally read that letter you get a farm all right cool <laughs> and I like that it just drops you off you meet one character and you're like yep here's your farm and so we initially was. She told me not to go into town. I was she like, eventually was. Yeah. Whatever I just said there. She was like, we got to set up our farm. I was like, I don't know what to do with that. But she was very good about, like, if I had a question, she'd be like, she wouldn't exactly tell me what to do. So she kind of, she would prod me here and there if I was like really frustrated with this game mechanic. Can you tell me just how to do this? Okay. So for clarification, she had already played or beaten a lot of this game before you started playing, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. And she was very good about not... Like, letting me explore it myself. Okay. She would h- give me hints if I was getting really frustrated. What I do, what I said in my opening, the thing I really love about this game, it does feel super old school in the fact that, one, there's so many hidden secrets, and it opens up so hugely, it's insane. But it has these obscure secrets that I really love, where, like, if you grab an item, go to a certain area at a certain position, it'll like create another item, and I just think that is so cool to me. And knowing that you can only find certain things at certain times of day and all that jazz, I think that's really good. But we kind of fell into the role, and what intrigued me the most right away was going down to the mines, because it had an easy goal. I was like, alright, I have to get to the bottom of mine? Mm-hmm. This is perfect. This is exactly what I want to do. And I really like that it only saves five levels at a time, so you have to like judge... Can I make it back in time? Yep. And the whole core mechanic is you have to make money, obviously. But every single time you're trying to do something, so if like I'm pick my pickaxe, I'm like chopping at some mines. Well, I want that to go faster. So then you have to go find the materials and the money. Well, how do I get money? Well, I gotta sell crops. Well, I gotta grow the crops. All right. I, I will say this, you know, a clever thing. And it probably isn't something that's stated enough. I really, really appreciate the end of day screen that pops up to let you know like how much money you made. Oh, it's you beautiful. Upgrade. It's beautiful is probably a good way to say it because it's simple, right? And yet, I was like, I appreciated that so much. I was like, oh, okay, that is a nice quick breakdown without going through tons of menus, and you're right back into the next day. And what I like when I what I found about this game is it has a lot of DNA and what I like in JRPGs. So, for instance, there are character moments, but when you're talking about when you go to sleep, when you level up when you go to sleep, mm. it has that ding noise. Yep. And Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I guess now that I think about it, that's a that's a good point. That is definitely a JRPG-style mechanic that would actually be very at home with you. 
I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, and what I like about it is when you get to, you know, if you do mining or you do farming or forestry, if you get to a certain level, you have a path to choose. So you can cut down trees faster or like the one that we always picked between what in the mining and your combat, you could either do 50% more chance of doing a critical hit or you can do 10% overall damage mm-hmm. every time. So you get that choice. I always went with the critical hit because I feel I, like that. Yeah. Well, it depends on what one, there's different weapons. So you have a dagger that does really fast. You have swords that's in between. You have, you know, like these uh, hammers and not hammers, like a bat. What am I thinking of? A mallet. <laughs> Thanks. Assist to the fiance. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. So that's a prime example of like in any type of game, that 50% critical hit chance, you then want a fast attacking weapon to make sure that procs more often, where maybe the damage is better on just a 10% increase on something that's slower hitting. Exactly. And that works better. I like I, that. And I generally went with sword in the first playthrough and our second playthrough. We'll talk about that later. I chose dagger because you can just like you played this game twice. <laughs> oh yeah, we have two different farms. One was 160 hours. I think we're almost at 50 hours in the other one. It's great, <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. Also, what the mines intrigued me was one: the terrain shifts as you get lower and lower. I thought that was cool. The music also changes. Mm-hmm. Another cool thing, and the variety of enemies. I wanted to see what was at the bottom. I wanted to see the different type of enemies, and that alone could be a game right? Just getting to the bottom of the mine. Well, then you have all the crops you want to do. The forest you want to build. All the character interactions and finding all their scenarios and all that jazz. You know, it's such a diverse cast of characters. You have, like, the drunken mom. You have these little kids running around. You have, like, mixed families. You have these uh, two that are banging on the side and <laughs> you don't know. I, I will definitely give credit to that. So I, I did make it one of my goals i like how it lets you know hey you've met like three of i think it was 28 and that almost kind of gamified making sure you met everybody too that was a really clever little thing and i will definitely say i give credit to obviously the creator there's a very diverse cast of people in this tiny town and they feel not really tropey which is really weird like they all seem like they, obviously, they have their core central thing that they're about. Right? I felt Linus was a little tropey. Of course, that's the one that I connected with. Yeah, the the, home, <laughs> the homeless guy, right? Yeah. yeah. What I really like about that storyline, we'll talk about it at some point. I'll just talk about it now. You can offer to have him move on to your farm. Mm. And I chose yes. And then he denied me. And the way he like eloquently put like, I don't need that. You don't need to like, be, oh, it's just so well and, done. Again, and that's I, one of the reasons I wanted to bring up that character is I had the exact same thing happen with me. And it was kind of that moment where I was, I was a little shocked. I was like, I didn't think they were going to have that level of dialogue. And I really appreciated the way it was almost, it made me feel like I was judging him. Like, of course yeah. you coming to live on the farm is better for your situation. And yet he's like, dude, how are you going to judge my situation? I like what I'm doing. Don't. Yeah, he likes being that living was, off the land. That was really clever. And I just instantly connected with him after that point. Yeah, I, was he, like, I think he was the first guy that I got 100% uh, friendship with. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we 100% completed, so we have 100% friendship on everybody because we went wild. <laughs> oh, so the question that I wanted to ask, though, was in town. I didn't play it enough to really start seeing the differences, but it feels like there's like a capitalist mechanic happening in the game where there's the big time company that's trying to come in and then there's the smaller time company. 
So like you can buy like the two different marts you can buy. From yeah, JoJo Mart or yeah. Um, Does do they Pierre Shop? <laughs> Thanks again for these. <laughs> <laughs> so do they really play with that more? Because it kind of feels like you. It almost feels like you want to go and pay. I think it's a little bit more money at the homegrown one. Yeah, definitely. Instead of like the quote unquote Walmart. <laughs> there's de- there's two different routes. You can go the JoJo Mart route, which I feel like they show it. They make him. I feel like they make that seem like a bad choice, and I think it is. I think you are supposed to side with Pierre in the small town. You know, you just built a farm here. Why do you want this big corporation to come in? Because you're probably not going to get as much money. So I think I think they do a really good job towards the end. They don't play with that throughout the experience. Did, okay, so I'm reading into that a little too much. Yeah, but it does have a an end game point. Okay. Did because I assume did you go to the community center? I, yeah, yep, yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's the route. You can fix that up. I feel like that's like beating the game in a sense. You know, the the thing that when I stopped playing, though, I think the part, I discovered it early, but then the part that I think intrigued me the most was the, I think it's the mansion. And maybe it's not the mansion. It's like the old rundown place that you can slowly help. Yeah, the community center. Oh, so that is the community yeah, center. Okay. Okay. I, I was making sure. So the part. Those little the, spirits. The, the little green. Yeah. Yeah. You then meet like the wizard guy, yeah. Like that to me was when I was like, okay, there's clearly way more in this game than I'm even like on is on its face or on the surface of it. And but that's kind of when I I stopped because I was just like the problem I had with the game was its core mechanic of farming. I I just I didn't like the tediousness of it. Yeah, I mean that's the point though, right? And yeah, because you're like, all right, it's taking me forever to water all these crops. So then I don't have enough energy to go to the mines or to go chop down trees, right? Okay, so the the best way I can describe this is I really, really enjoy and approve of the fact that that's the mechanic of the game because you have to decipher each day. Like, where am I going to put my energy? At the core of it, you need money to do more things and you make a lot of your money from the farming. <laughs> and the fact that I didn't like that, I was almost annoyed because I was like, I actually want to go explore and see some of the storylines and stuff like that but because of that i'm not into that style of gaming i'm not a farmer or anything like that and maybe if i had like a second person to play with that they focused on that so i could go do the other stuff that's exactly what happened in my regard on the first playthrough we swapped roles on the second playthrough and i found that one not as exciting but still exciting in regard in that regard and i feel like there is different different ways to make money but definitely selling crops so you have to wait but I think the ingenious part of that is, all right, so you're tired from watering. Well, okay, well, then I need a sprinkler. So, But then you need the materials for the sprinkler, so you have to go to the mines to maybe get the materials. And so there's always something you're looking forward to and trying to expand your farm. What is the thing that shocked you the most about this game? The depth, for sure. I mean, there is like three whole different areas. Like that aren't even on the map. You, you, you go to this desert. That's a whole different mine. You go to an entire new island that has a mine and like golden coconuts. A whole new character that you meet. Like it's insane. <laughs> and you can like fuse ultimate weapons in that a volcano, and it's great. You can start putting different status effects on your weapons and that's oh, cr- and that, rings. That's yeah. cool. I like that. What was your favorite thing to do in this game? The mines. I think. I think that was the I think most. You already said that. But yeah. Like, what about them? The challenge of it, because there eventually is there is a mine that 
you get no save points. So you have to make it down to the 100th floor without dying in, in one day. Wow. Yeah, it's it's that's it's crazy. a rush every single time. It took me so long to do it. But you know, you can create stairs and then you get bombs that blow up sections and there's a lot stronger enemies in that whole part. Uh, and then obviously it's about the characters themselves. I like the little moments where you know all the action stops and you get this cutscene of the characters and I found that very satisfying. As far as the combat goes, what did you think about the combat, I guess? Like the basic nature of just kind of like very simple. I mean, it's very NES, I would call it. Like, very simple, very easy, but I don't know. So why'd you connect with it so much if you thought because it was Because it's, it's not per se about the combat. It's about the goal of getting further and further down and seeing the enemies and being able to react to what those enemies do. Did you guys do the dungeons together? No, generally not. Okay, so you like you would... I mean, when we went to the, the Skull Cavern, we'll call it, the, like, the hyper one sometimes we would uh go down together and search together but generally i was doing it by myself but then she would come around every once in a while so we kind of had a like a 80 20 thing going on and then can you as far as like the cooperative play goes in this game can you only play with two people or can you have even more than that i think you can have up to four people wow off the top of my head on one farm i could be wrong but um okay thank you i am right (laughs) (laughs) she said in the background Uh, i I think that's the most fun co-op. This is definitely a super fun co-op game because there's what I like about it is there's so much to do and you can do everything that the other person can do. So it's like there's no uh, like lesser form, I guess. You know, sometimes when they put co-op, you can only do certain things. And my favorite thing is because we generally, when you get those points or you get to those certain levels and then you have the choice of two options of what to do. Mm. So every single time I would go around and pick up berries or whatever on the ground because I had a better chance of those getting like a better grading. Okay. So we always had like different tasks like, okay, she could do this quicker. Well, I could grab the better material. She, when she was farming, she had a chance of picking up, you know, higher grade uh, items too. You know, the thing that's really interesting is in a lot of co-op games, a lot of them are hampered by the fact that, like, you both kind of have to be in the same area at the same time. Yeah, this game doesn't do that so at all. It's great. the fact that you can freely, like, you can be doing storyline-based stuff with characters and, you know, she's at the farm or vice versa. I, I think that freedom in this type of co-op game, that was a brilliant idea. And it's it's interesting, the fact that it was made by one person and yet AAA games can't put that feature in correctly. Not all the time, no. I, I wonder why it's such a complicated thing to do because it feels like that should be the way that co-op games are done. Yeah, it's funny. Even when you get into a cutscene on one of your characters or one of your, like, I got into a character cutscene, she could still roam around, but then it would use up time. So she would just pause her game and watch the cutscene while it was playing out on my screen. Oh, weird. That, that, that works? Yeah. So then it stops the time, you know? That is one thing I've noticed. Everybody says this that's is like a very a cheese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Everybody says this is a very cozy game. I think it's more anxiety inducing because you have so such limited time. It's fifteen minutes per day, right? Mm. It's all you get. And man, you want to get everything done. And oh. I'm starting to think, based off of what we've experienced here, like there's something about the timing mechanic in games that both me and you have connected with games recently over the last couple of years. With that's true. Yeah. I mean, it 
makes you have to choose, and I like that. You can't do everything in a day, so you have to, all right, what am I doing today versus the next couple days? All right, well, this happens. And, you know, then there's the community events that I think are really cool in this game, like the, the fishing and the little dance you do and I the egg hunt. I hate the fishing in this game, by the way. Yeah, I'm, that's, <laughs> that is definitely the I, the activities. That's the low but, bar. But, but I'll say this. It's not so much that. Like, I like the discoverability, I guess. There's like, you know, especially since you can immediately sell right there. When they first get it introduced on the docks, the fact that that stupid fish, you have to keep it and it will dip down. There are so many times I would get to like 75, 80%. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. And it would go, oh, gosh. Oh. And then trying to get all the legendary fish in this game. Oh, I, can't, Ooh. I can't even imagine. But I can't tell you. I, I remember one time I was really struggling. I was like, oh, this has got to be a really big fish. And then I caught it and it was like a, a third. Uh, well, I, I can't even remember that. I think it was a sardine or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> like, why was this one so much more challenging? And I love that even when you're. So obviously there's legendary fish and there's harder fish to catch and there's like some only come out when it's raining certain times of day. Like it's very, very in-depth and it's cool that you can, while digging around, you find these books and then the books tell you when these are happening and then you can watch the TV to figure out when it's it's so in-depth in that regard. Can I also add though, I like, so a lot of games do this thing where there are specific items or enemies that pop up in locations at certain times. Mm -hmm. But there's not in-game ways to let you know that's a thing. It's more you find out about it through the video games community and stuff like that, like on a Reddit or something. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't like when games do that. I like when it's still something you can discover for yourself in-game. Yeah, even if it's like hard to find or obscure, at least there's hints to it. I feel like this game, most of the time, is pretty self-aware of where what needs to be done in the game to help the player along. There's some secrets in this game. I was like, I don't know how you would figure that out. But yeah. <laughs> So something I was curious about then too is if you add up your playtime and then now your new playtime on top of that or whatever, you know, you're know, you well over 200 hours into this game. Yeah, 206 hours and yeah. 45 minutes. At what moment did you kind of, when you were playing it for your first time, you were kind of like, oh, there, there's more to this game was it just the like the mines or the caves or was it like when did you kind of collectively realize I, this is kind of starting to become addicting well the addiction set in pretty early i would say sometimes i'd be really feeling the game then sometimes i'd kind of be like ah, I'm struggling to play but then we would take breaks and whatever and then it'd be fine knowing that there was a second cave and then there's a third cave mm -hmm. and there's a whole separate island like that really hit home with me and knowing that each character had different like uh, story segments like vignettes or whatever that's and that was pretty early on when you started hearing about the vignettes and like connecting with the characters and knowing how many items you would keep creating you know and then you get your barn and all that jazz you know it was kind of funny for me early on the thing that i was kind of like oh this will be fun after finding the fishing, there's that broken bridge, and you need like the 300 pieces of wood. Mm -hmm. That, for some reason, I was kind of like, I like, I liked that. That was like a clear cut goal, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna work towards this. Even though I'm like, I know there's no way this is the most efficient thing I should be doing right now. <laughs> yeah. But I kept going until I got the 300 pieces. It was funny. I saw that. I was like, I want to do that right away. And she's like, We need our wood, not for that. And I was like, Yeah, because you need wood for everything okay, in the beginning. So that's a good point. Then, do you? Do you think you, how long do you think you would have played this game if you were playing it by yourself without someone who had ever played it before? 
I think about the length that you did. Maybe I would have gone further because of the story characters and connecting with them. I, I really like that. But I don't know. I think I would have been driven to get to the bottom of the mine. That would have taken me a long time, so... Okay. So, and maybe that drive there would have made you, of course, have to play so many of the other features. Yes, exactly. Because you need to upgrade. You need the materials to upgrade that. And you need money, so I got to do the farming. So then, speaking of going to the town, do you have a favorite character? I obviously, I connected with Linus. I didn't uh, really... That was my first one that I connected with. I ended up marrying in the game Leah. She is awesome. She's like the one that's on the small cabin southeast of your farm. She's the redhead? Yeah, we'll call her redhead. <laughs> People, you can't see this because we're doing the podcast, but every time he says a statement that he's slightly <laughs> not certain about, he looks over his shoulder <laughs> and she confirms. But yeah, she is the like the sculptor She's and painter and all that. Oh, jazz, okay. So yeah. Now, okay, now I know. The outdoorsy one, I, I connect with her. Plus, she, she always hangs out with Elliot, who is the long-haired, luscious man with the, the writer. He's on the beach cabin. They're hanging out at the bar all the time. That's who she romanced. Oh, I forgot about that. I for, totally Rider forgot. Rider with long hair. Yeah. Well, no, I totally forgot. <laughs> that, that is you. Well, not not right now. Not right now. I totally forgot to bring up the thing that I actually spent a, a stupid amount of time playing. Hold on. Let me make sure I get the exact name right. Uh, uh, Journey of the Prairie King. The, oh, the, that little game? game? That was actually pretty, it's pretty well fun. done. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I, I, I quite enjoyed my time with that. And I don't know what it is. I always get a kick out of it when it, it, there's a video game within a game. I just, there's yeah, something there's about that. there's two in this one, actually. There's a, a Jamino cart that you unlock, too. Oh, I never got to that point. That one is so frustrating. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Think of uh, Donkey Kong uh, Country, like the minecart levels. It's like that. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, nope, yeah. Nope. yeah, exactly. The other one, at least the... Journey of the Prairie King. That's more like Robotron from the old days. Robotron. Uh, to me, it's just like a, a grounded version of like Space Invaders because you get like the, it just, you know, with a couple different directions, but you get the upgrades and things. Yeah, it's cool. Fun. I liked it. I appreciated it. That's what I say about the game. There's so much in there. And it's cool that even when you unlock this special island, there is then these ultra challenges that you'll find from a certain person. And I love that how you find this person is do these super random tasks. Like if you go, you know where the uh, bus drops you off. If you go to the left into the tunnel, it's okay. all dark, but then you can find this one little switch and it's like, you can't turn it on. So I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. And then as, as I was progressing, I made a lightning rod and we got battery packs. I was like, huh. So I put the battery pack in there like, oh, nice job. Now put this item in this bin at the train station. It's like, so you go on this like weird scavenger cool. hunt. I really like that. That's and cool. And you eventually meet the guy who gives you all the quests. It's pretty awesome. See, that's a, that's a good gameplay mechanic too, where it's just like kind of just give you something early or whenever you decide, ended up discovering it. And then it's just, it's kind of in the back of your head so that when you get something, because this game, it feels like this game's a lot of, okay, how do we solve this current problem? How do I get, how do I do this more efficiently? So let's work towards that to efficiently make this happen. And then you have a whole new slew of problems you got to work on. Yeah. I feel like when you get more efficient, you have to adapt and change your farm too. So that kind of like makes you replot out everything. So you always have this, especially at the beginning of each season, you have like this, all right, got to start fresh and Mm -hmm. let's, oh, do I need to change any plans of how I had my farm before? I like that style. That's kind of fun. That's that's an interesting kind of 
real world game mechanic too the fact that you do have to start over at the change of the seasons i i wasn't sure if i was gonna like that but i think you can kind of like by the time you get done with the end of the season you can kind of look at what's working and what isn't and be like you know i wish i would have done this and you get that option and opportunity to do that which is clever and uh, what i do like about the game is if you've been doing farming spring summer fall winter kind of forces you to do something else to either go fishing or go into the mines. And I think that was a smart gameplay loop because you can't really, for the most part, you can't grow anything minus just the winter seeds. Mm. So you have to do other stuff. You have to like start giving people gifts and upgrading their relationships. I do wonder if that that's probably designed purposefully, right? I assume so, yes. Which that's actually a risky one, right? Because if I'm sure there's a lot of people who literally the thing that they like doing the most is the farming. They want to be as efficient, make as much money as possible. Sounds like that was her thing. Yeah, it is. I so see her smiling back there. So to suddenly just have a season where you can't do that as much, that is a risk. You you could actually throw some people off. I think it's a unnecessary risk, though. Mm. It's real life. True. So you can't grow them crops in the winter. But that's the thing, right? Like this game, I'm assuming was an a- absolute commercial success, right? Like oh, absolutely. I think. What's the Metacritic, by the way? Let's by note. All right, Larry, what do you want first, the Metacritic or the sales numbers? I didn't bring up the I didn't I, ask for the sales. You said what's the critic reception. That's not including sales. Okay, well, don't yell at me. Let's do the Metacritic first. All right, so for PC, it was 89%, and for the Switch, which is where I played it, I don't think I mentioned that, is 87%. Is that about where you'd put it, or? Yeah, I think so. I'm, uh, I think I'm sitting right at 90. I mean, it was my... F- fourth favorite game of 2022 and i played a lot of bangers in 2022 <laughs> let me tell you one of larry's favorite games uh, well, the mean, world ends with you you know that was yeah, just yeah. a little bit better let's let's move on to something better let's ask the uh, lovely lady here what would be your score 98 her favorite game of all time so that would i mean be the that, highest game wait. ever on metacritic why is your favorite game of all time not 100 <laughs> always something you can improve okay well Next game, Mr. Concerned Ape, you got a... Oh, boy. You got some expectations to live up to. Yeah, I don't still think he'll ever make it. Yeah, Haunted Chocolatier. Chocolatier? Chocolatier. When did he announce it? I do not remember. Two years ago? Something like that? No, nothing back there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you're in a chocolate factory. I think that's a unique twist on it. Seems like you still have the mines and all that jazz. You'll probably play as Charlie. Will it sell as many copies as Stardew Valley did? <sighs> 20 million copies. That is insane. <laughs> I, I can't even. As of August it. 2022. Well, think about it too. That's got to be like the largest discrepancy between one individual developer, one person sharing all the profits <laughs> with nobody else but himself. I mean, we talked about Undertale and they did a fantastic amount of sales that they did, but this, I assume, is higher. Oh, yeah. I thought the Undertale was like 3 million, 4 million, yeah, but like, that was, you know, initially when it first got announced. I'm sure it's had some legs, but. Stardew Valley is another beast in itself, and my gosh, 20 million. It probably had four legs. Is there an animal that has a tail that only has two legs? My Kangaroo. Like, yep, so you already got, you proved me wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that quickly went in my brain, I, but I'm I proud of myself on that one. freaking kangaroos. Yeah. Do you know they can't hop backwards? I don't believe that. It's true. <laughs> I know, but I don't believe it. <laughs> we'll fact check you later, Larry. All right. <laughs> okay. We have seen that 20 million people are, have purchased this game. It is on those indie lists of all time. It's, it's considered one of the best cozy games around. 
obviously an indie darling. What makes this game so popular? What do you think it is? What's the special sauce? I feel like it's probably a couple things, but I think it comes down to the coziness is actually a really big deal. But I also think that it's simple and technically it doesn't demand that much of you if you don't want it to. You could, I mean, I could be wrong here. You could let me know this. I feel like you could legitimately just work on your farm, go to sleep, and then rinse and repeat if you wanted to. And you would actually be pretty happy doing that in this game. Yeah, I think you would eventually want to go to the mines to upgrade your equipment. But but that's what I'm kind of getting at, though, is there is a very, very natural progression to doing everything. And it's not pulling you in a million different directions if you don't want it to. But for True. the people, as you get more invested in this game, you load up that menu title screen. And I feel like it just it's very easy to just kind of, at your own pace, try new things. And there's enough there for those that want to tackle that. But it's just, it's simple. But then, like I said with you, with StarCraft is my prime example of this. It's also as complicated and tough as you want it to be. True. I think it has a... Obviously, it brings in a casual audience to this. What was the the sailor? What are you going on about? There's a video game that is very similar to this, and I don't know why I'm blanking. Something Moon. Oh, Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon. Thank you. I don't know. I had Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You Harvest know what's funny moon. is actually because of the direction that Harvest Moon went in is why he made this game. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because he was disappointed with one of the versions. See, it's amazing when games make a bad decision and it causes a developer <laughs> to want to make a better game. Well, I mean, he, this game, I think, restarted, re uh, what's the word? Uh, reinvigorated. Re yeah, reinvigorated this whole genre. I mean, we, we got the Switch Direct, one of them. They're like, this is the next farm game. Here's oh, another, here's yes. another. There's a lot of those now. Well, but that's the thing, right? Is I think, you know, maybe that's the better word. Instead of cozy, it's casual. And I don't mean to say that as a negative for this game. It's just, I think the casual audience, people who don't, you don't even have to be like a diehard video gamer. This game will appeal to you. And that, it seems like that's what happened. Yeah, one of my good friends, she doesn't really game. And she's like, I think I'm going to get a Switch. I was like, get Stardew Valley. And she loved it. Yeah. And you know what it also is? I think the co-op nature of it, because of the way it's designed, it's probably a big couple game. I could see that. And it worked out for me, so. <laughs> or friends, but whatever. Like, I think casual would be the way that I would go. And and I want to reiterate because in my intro I said I ignored this game and probably this genre in general because it's not what I normally gravitate towards and what I would get out of a game, but it does have some of that JRPG DNA like I was saying. So if you if that intrigues you just a little bit, I think you can get through some of the more task-oriented gameplay where some people really love that, you know, checking things off a list. Yeah, that, that, and that's a big one. I think in the way that you slowly unlock things is the progression of it works really, really well. However, is this is your interest in playing other farming games? Are you now looking for other ones? Not really. Maybe more task-oriented games. Are you going to play the Chocolata or whatever the heck the game is called? I, I think I am You're required, required to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> You know, I won't lie. I'm actually kind of terrified to hear your quick bits for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be pretty quick. Don't worry. We'll get there. Okay, Mike, you obviously spent a 
obscene amount of time playing this game. And I will probably keep playing it, just so you know. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Okay. Well, whenever you put this much time, what do they always say? You need 10,000 hours or something to become a master in it. So you're working your way to that. (laughs) So with that being said, did you start gaining or do you have habits now that you just, as soon as you start the game up, boom, here's the like one, two, three things you do right away. Yeah. So eventually you unlock coffee, whether it's a drop from an enemy or, oh, I got, I want coffee so bad. (laughs) So we got it early in our playthrough. I would say she, she was like, wow, we got that super quick. I just got it from a drop from an enemy, which is super cool. But we would drink that every morning because that increases your movement speed. And my gosh, do you just fly? Or I mean, the second you go off of coffee, you're like, man, how did I survive this long without that? And the horse. That is is definitely a core complaint that I had early on was the amount of like just traversing left to right across from like your little farm to the city. I was kind of like, okay, is this going to get tiresome? I discovered coffee about four hours in and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this solves that issue. Um, So we would do that and then... We always had our daily duties. So she would go check the farm. I would go to the barn, make sure I pet all of my animals, grab all their stuff, like make sure they're fed with so hay. Is petting them? Yeah, it helps them produce better. Okay. To keep them happy or else they won't either get any of the materials or whatever or lay their eggs or anything like that. So I had control of the animals. She had control of the crops. Then she would go down to the forest to get the hardwood and the little secret forest to the bottom left-ish area. That's where you'd fight the little slimes too. And then I would usually go check on the tree farm that we created first on the farm. Then we eventually moved up towards where the train is. I would check to see if there's any syrup or anything like that. And then it would be like, all right, that would be our morning. And then we'd either go to a mine, go fishing, go talk to the townspeople. Then we can't, or go to the gather materials. Can I just like share it with something that I'm kind of observing with you right now? I feel like this is like a life you're living. <laughs> I thought when I asked this question, it was going to be like, okay, so I had my pl- row of this that I would usually check. You have your whole morning, afternoon, and evening routine oh, yeah. figured out. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> and certain days, like you knew the bus going to the other second secret area would only come at 10 a.m. So you have to make sure everything was done before you left. This is like a second life. Yeah, so then you grab all the eggs, put them in their old to make mayonnaise and the dino. Yeah, whatever. There's so much going on. You're crazy, man. <laughs> oh, and every single time you go to bed, there's these little sound buttons you can place in your house. How, how and does a crystal. the sleeping work with? Two, two, oh, you have two different cabins. Oh, oh, you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So Which you guys never be? slept together? No. Nope. Actually, no. You can't sleep in each other's bed. Can you marry each other? Ah, uh, yes, you can. We didn't though. <laughs> we want. <laughs> we had to. Poop. It's an open marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to connect with the townsfolk and not want to choose who it was. So maybe in some other playthrough we'll marry each other. Who knows? If things go right. Yeah. <laughs> as long as she's pulling my her weight and I'm pulling mine, I guess. <laughs> but there's these little sound pads you can make. One's like a drum, one's a chime, and then there's a crystal statue. And we put it right next to the hallway before our bed. And so every time we would go into bed, you'd press it like once or twice. He'd be like, doo, 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 and then go to bed. So that's a, that's like almost like a, what's the term? The idiosyncrasy. Sequen- I can never say that word, right? Idiosyncrasy. Thank you. You I guys, I said that right, to be honest. But. Yeah. You guys just had like your pattern that you would do. That's, that's crazy. I had no idea you were going to go that in depth. With that question. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. One thing that's pretty cool 
where this game, I think it gives a little bit new life into it. At first, I wasn't too keen on the idea of starting a new file. But there is different options when you pick the start of your file. So you can make a farm where monsters come in at night So on your farm. That's what we're doing in our second playthrough. Freaking annoying. And they get more difficult as time goes on. Can you do? Can you set up like defenses or something like that to help? Not really. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then there's another farm layout where you can't... It's on an... You start off on an island, so you can't use any sprinklers. And so you'd have to manually water everything throughout the entire oh, game. Oh, my gosh. There's one where you start more like in the mountains, so it's all... You have a bunch of rocks, but there's not a lot of trees, so you can't build stuff quickly. So there's cool... I guess randomizers in a way. Yeah, I like that. No, that's a really good. I mean, and that's a in a game like this, having randomizers is important. I yeah, and the first farm we picked was one where there were your farm was like segregated into four different sections. Like there was completely different, and the middle section was just like a walkway. It was completely different than the one she played, which I thought was pretty interesting. And there's a mode where you can we share our money, but there's one where what you sell is only like. 50 50 so you have to work even harder to get to the full oh, wow. amount okay so that's what we'll probably do on our third playthrough so i guess it's kind of funny i'm waiting near the end of the episode to ask this but like when you guys first start up a file what is what's kind of like the the go-to plan like how do you scout an area who does what to kind of get the basics set up don't go die hard on me again <laughs> just start out go really simple she, on the first playthrough, she let me kind of pick where I was going to do, and it was haphazard, man. <laughs> like when she took over the farming, it was a lot more, all right, by the numbers type of thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want to plant this here, plant this here. I feel like that kind of fits your guys' personalities very Oh, well. absolutely. <laughs> there is a website you can go on and craft your entire farm. So she would, when I'm off at work, she would send me like, this is our plan for year two. <laughs> Like, had everything, like, picture perfect. I was like, I got to reference that. I I will say this. I'm talking to the uh, individual off screen. That is the most you thing I've ever seen or heard of. (laughs) That's awesome. She gave us the thumbs up. That is true. She is very task-oriented. Everything's got to be in plan. And I'm more like, loosey-goosey, here we go. (laughs) I want to do this. And we're doing this, like, all the time. I'm like... She's like, well, you got to take care of your trust. I was like, nope, I'm going to mine right away. I don't care. <laughs> Those ducks can just fend for themselves. Oh, boy. All right. So on to the quick bits before we do our ending question. So like I've said in the beginning, I, not the beginning, somewhere in between there, I have 100% completed this game, and now we have finished the community center on a second file, but we have to get the golden clock, which I can't remember. It's like millions of dollars, 10 millions of dollars to be exact, And I will be playing this game most likely until I can't anymore because of its ties to my life. Good thing I enjoy it for the most part. And like we talked about with the randomizers, at least it'll stay fresh for a while. If you've brushed this game off, I do think you should give it a shot. Talked about that three times now. I'm just reminding you. I think this is a game I couldn't play solo. We've talked about that. But I've never tried it, so I'm unsure. I died a lot of times in the mines and I did not keep track of it because it was a lot. Oh, one little fun tidbit. If you go into the bath, it increases your energy. Who would have thought? A little spa place. Fun times. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself. One of the biggest rushes in this game is when you are at the mines and it's really late and you take the mines back, the mine cart back home, get on your horse, get to your house. Because at 2 a.m., you know, you just fall asleep mm-hmm. unconscious. 
You get in your bed at 159, you make it. Oh, it's such a good feeling. I love it. It took us to 100% the game. It took us to year six, day six of summer. And our second file, we are currently on day nine of fall for year two. Year six. Wow. <laughs> That's 160 hours, baby. Oh, my goodness. That That is... Okay. Wow. You yeah. went through six of every season. Yeah. No, 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 no. Five no. of every season. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Yeah, yes, yes. And is that it for your quick bits? Yep. All right. So end of our episodes nowadays, we do an end of episode question of sorts. But for this one, I felt like it would be kind of nice to do something a little different. Mike, I think you brought it up once in this episode. I think you just did it the quick bits there. This game's a little special to you. You want to explain why? Hey, that's a question. So look at you. Going back to the real thing. So this game is considered a 98 out of 100 from the lady back there that you cannot hear, but I'm relaying that to you, and you heard it in the episode. So knowing this is her favorite game of all time, I think Overcooked 2 is also another one that's up there. Shout out to that game. I've played a stupid amount of hours in that game too. (laughs) Jesus. So knowing this is her favorite game of all time, in the game to get to the wedding stage, right, to marry somebody, to have them move in with you, You have to slowly give them gifts and obviously level them up. There's like a heart chart. I think there's like eight to ten hearts. I can't remember exactly. And so you have to give them gifts and gifts that they really love. So what I did, like for a two and a half, three week period, I would just randomly give her gifts. So I gave her another game I thought she'd like, Harvestella. I gave her some earrings. I gave her a necklace. And she would just keep asking me, like, why are you giving me this stuff? I was like, I don't know. Just because it's fun. I'd leave little cute little notes for her and everything. And... To marry somebody in this game, you have to get a thing called the mermaid's pendant. And so that is the item you need to then marry the person. So I found somebody online that also made, makes a replica of that. So it came in this nice, cool little seashell. It's a little plastic little necklace. And so one random day, just a, it was a random Monday, I called her downstairs into the basement. I had the Stardew Valley music playing. I had like her favorite color on our gaming lights. I had our file in the background <laughs> with our big pumpkin. And so then, yeah, I used the mermaid pendant to propose to her. So it's a Stardew Valley love story. And the thing that's insane is when you started this game, I couldn't call her your fiance. That's true. And now I've been able to this entire episode. So yeah, that that's crazy. Like that's a connection that you're never going to be able to. <laughs> no. And you know, it took a lot of work and a lot of planning, but it was a lot of fun. And it, I felt like it was a good connection between the game that we love and we spent so much time playing, like over 200, 200 hours together. It sounds like you're going to creep towards 300 here. Yeah, so we're going to have, we're going to finish this file, not 100%, probably just get the golden clock, and then we'll start again some other time. And it's funny because some people, because we've been on a couple trips. We've been to Disney, we've been to Iceland, a lot of cool different places, and everybody's like, why didn't you, you know, propose on those trips? And I was like, my whole reasoning, I don't remember exactly what I said, but like, Having every day, I just propose on a normal day, right? It's just like every day is good. Like my life is really good with her, really fun. This is everything I wanted. So kind of just, it was a surprise, but it's like, no, this is what I want. You know, in a way, we'll see if I can word this right. Kind of like Stardew Valley, your proposal was simple, but much deeper behind the scenes than you think about it. Perfect. Perfect.